Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 41 The Heat is On. Winter in this part of the world is cold, dark, and seems to go on forever. Summer, on the other hand, seems to come late and is self-conscious about its late arrival. It reminds me a little bit of the introduction to a book I once read, where the author said that since he wasn't sure if he would ever get another book published, he decided to put all his favorite things into one book. Pirates, swordplay, witchcraft, everything and anything he ever wanted to write about went into this book. And it wasn't a bad book to read, but every once in a while, it would cause me to roll my eyes and shake my head tolerantly. That's kind of how summer is for me. I enjoy it, but its exuberance can sometimes leave me feeling a bit overwhelmed. I mean, really, if it's feeling that bad about arriving so late... Maybe it should just arrive earlier and statefully enter the room, making polite discourse with the other guests, and not throw open the door a month late, shirt tails hanging out, waving about the food it's brought for the potluck, and the bottle of vodka it's going to pour in the punch, yelling, I'm here now, let's get this party started. It doesn't gradually become summer here, at least not for the last few years. It's winter forever, and then a period of melt with cooler temperatures, And then all of a sudden, summer arrives with no warning and no lead up. This year, we had days and days and days of rain, which constituted our spring. And then when the rain stopped, we shot right up to 25 degrees Celsius and over. And we hadn't even really put away our winter coats and boots yet. We're a week into a heat wave with fairly high humidity and temperatures of about 30 degrees. The sun is high and hot. And even though the days are getting shorter, they still seem to go on forever. The suite we're in faces west, so we get the full evening sun through the windows each night. And it's lovely not having to put on a jacket every morning, or even having to think about putting on a jacket. It's lovely dressing for the same temperature both in and out, since the air conditioning at work can't keep up when it's these temperatures. I love the light and the sun, but the heat. Heat and I have a bit of a difficult relationship. I love it, but I just can't live in it. It's taken me a week to get back to normal after my little bout of heat exhaustion last Sunday. I'll grant you that I've been riding the line for fatigue anyway, but the heat always saps the energy right out of me, no matter how I'm feeling otherwise. My fingers swell up and I get heat sores on them, I lose my appetite, and all I feel like doing is sitting and waiting for cooler weather. My poor Nordic blood just can't take it. Not everyone has problems with the heat, though. I still remember Marg telling us in level three that it's hard to spin cotton with sweaty hands. I mean, heck, it's hard to spin anything with sweaty hands. And I thought to myself, well, how on earth did Gandhi manage it then? But I suppose a body gets used to the environment it's in and adjusts accordingly. And that's probably my problem with summer, because I don't remember having nearly this many problems when I was younger. But these days... We aren't gradually easing our way through spring and into summer's full force. 
No, like that perpetually late party guest, summer bursts in and the previously low-key get-together turns into a crazy, drunken, noise-complaint-inducing, police-officer-visiting house party. All the things that have to wait for good weather happen all at the same time, like road construction and exterior house repairs, flowers bloom, the dragonflies get bigger and bigger, and everywhere you look is a ride of growth, work, and movement. It's wonderful, but it's just a little overwhelming. The forecast says that the heat will break next weekend, so there's another seven days of of this for me to get through. But I have a plan. Our fridge is full of fruit and vegetables from the farmer's market. Supper salads, and lots of them, are in our future. We bought some raspberry lemonade concentrate today, and I will mix up a bit of that to drink, along with a whole lot of water. I will spend this long weekend spinning in the mornings and blending in the afternoons. And if I'm awake when Mike goes to work at 6am this week, I'll get up and spin then too. And I have a sock I can knit in the evenings while my fingers can move, and a tapestry to work on when they can't. And when the heat breaks down to a more manageable summer temperature for me, I'll be able to smile at summer again, pour the spiked punch down the drain, take its potato salad, and say, How lovely to see you again. How have you been? Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, the bad news is that this episode is a week late. But the good news is that it's been so hot, I really haven't done all that much else on my homework. That said, I did get a lot of done in the two weeks leading up to what should have been the last episode. I got a lot done. So the last episode, I had spun up one skein of cotton uh, in brown, brown cotton from Sliver. Um, using techniques that I sort of gleaned from Stephanie Gostad's book that worked out really well. After that, I did the math for my 12 TPI skein. It's the last high TPI skein that I have to do. And uh, so I did the math and I chose to do that out of uh, some Sea Island cotton sliver uh, that, that we got in our supplies. The Sea Island is really, really nice to spin. And, and it, was, I was, it was doing okay. I only had, I think, one break one or two breaks across both bobbins, which was really good. And um, plied it, came off of the wheel a little tight. I wasn't 100% sure if it would balance in the wash. And uh, so I took those two skeins as well as um, a random cotton skein that's sitting in my level three book. I think it's ginned cotton, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, I threw I threw three of those three into uh, a pot and uh, boiled them for an hour to finish them. And uh, the Sea Island really got a like a nice brown, like almost a burnt cream tinge to it. The brown cotton really turned a lovely color. And the, the ginned cotton must have been Kala because it just stayed white. But, uh, but unfortunately, my 12 TPI skein was 12 TPI when I actually measured it out the twist per inch. However, it did not balance. It almost balanced. So I'm like, okay, well, it won't be 12 TPI once I finish running it back through the wheel. And I ran it back through the wheel a couple of times just to try and balance it out. And uh, the first time I 
took too much out and then I put a little bit back in and I put too much in and, and then I was like, you know, I know what I did wrong. My What I did wrong was in the spin uh, of the singles, not the ply. And I know how to fix that. Um, my drafting zone was only an inch and a half and every once in a while I'd get a, a slub out of the cotton and so I would guesstimate three inches and double my treadles but I think I was too far off so I'm going to do a three inch drafting zone um, the next time I try it and hopefully that will work so my plan is to to work on that here in the next few days anyway so I was like okay well I'll just I'll just leave it it'll it'll go into my my bag o remnants for my wall hanging and we'll just move on the uh the brown one that I spun is not as even as I would like but I put it in my book anyway and I might replace it if I have time but I'm not gonna really stress about it you know it it hung together it was about eight twists per inch once you average out you know the parts that were six and the parts that were nine mostly they were between seven and a half and eight and a half so it's all good but uh but it worked and even even though it was uh, not balanced the 12 tpi skin actually looked really really good so i was quite pleased with it i know how to fix it so i will do that coming up the other thing that I did over uh, the the two weeks before what should have been the last episode was I uh, I finished off the silk for well the swatch too but but the silk for weft now after the I talked about the last episode talking about doing a three ply silk noil and then I remembered that I'd already done some I'd already stretched out some awada for that particular skein. So I spun those. I I did a blog post about my little swatch. Um, and so I'll just go into a few details here. I spun those. I recommend that if you're going to spin Mawada, don't leave it sitting on a nitty knotty or a bobbin or anything for probably a month before you spin it, because it tends to kind of get comfy with itself and doesn't want to unwind. <laughs> so I ended up having to, to do a couple more Mawada because I wasted way too much of the of the one for the one skein and you know it worked out really well I had enough um I had enough uh what's it called yarn that word right there I the brain anyway I had enough yarn uh for the 10 yard skein and also my swatch now the swatch was a bit of a drama (laughs) uh yeah my dad had made me a pin loom and and it would work great for bulky yarn but I did not spin these bulky these were very much lace weight so um it's all detailed in the blog post uh, I made ended up making a little cardboard loom out of bits and pieces I was able to find around the suite and it worked great it took me about three days to make a three inch swatch, but, uh, but it's lovely. And really, it was fun. And if I had all the right tools, I would really do it again. Uh, But I'm really happy with the way it turned out. It, uh, it needs a wash. I'm kind of holding off on washing my swatches until I get all my stuff back. 
<laughs> because I don't have pins or mats to put them in. And yeah, I'd probably dry within half an hour considering the temperature right now, but I've got really nothing to put them on. So, um, in, in just as an aside, we are 38 days away from, well, 38 days away from getting the new house, 39 days away from me getting all my stuff back. So I am so thankful for that. Yeah, it was right, right after the last episode. I'd recorded that on, I think, the Sunday. And the Monday, we got our possession letter. So <laughs> we weren't homeless, homeless for very long. So that all worked out. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, the swatch. Really happy with the swatch. So, and then, and then I had kind of a, an aha moment. Do you remember me talking in, when I've been going through my level two, um, exercises that Gail had mentioned that I was measuring my angle of twist high and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure why, but okay. And then the last issue of ply, uh, there was an article by Michelle Boyd in there about how to measure twist and, and why and so on and so forth with photographs of someone measuring twist on tools. And I looked at it and went, yeah, okay, that work, that works for me. And it made sense. And then someone posted on Rav in the, uh, in the fiber week, uh, uh, our master spinner forms that, that there was errata for that article. And it turned out that they'd photographed uh, the person measuring the twist um, had done it wrong. And it never even occurred to me that it was wrong because that was how I measured the twist was, you know, I have the protractor and I lay the yarn vertically along the 90 degree mark and move it back and forth. Well, the, the errata said that, no, you have to lay it along the zero 180 degree mark and move it up and down. So that is exactly why I'm measuring my twist high. I'm, I'm, I've basically turned it. So I had to go back for all the scans that I've actually completed so far for level three, I had to remeasure the angle of twist for all of them, because that was how I'd done it. I'd done it vertically with the yarn vertically along the 90 degree. And that's wrong. It has to be horizontally along the zero. So I'm just putting that out there for you. If you're measuring your angle of twist, make sure that your yarn is horizontal compared to your protractor or however you're measuring your, your angle. Because it never even occurred to me that I was doing it wrong. Not, not once did it occur to me that I was doing it wrong. So, but I was. So I've caught that. I've remeasured all the twist um, or all the angle of twist on the skeins that I've completed. And now we're, we're good to go on that part. So, um, what I'm going to be working on this morning, I went out onto the little patio we've got outside of the suite here and I carted up a bunch of poonies. Um, I, I was looking at the cotton, what I've got left to spin for cotton. I have to spin a ginned cotton skein, a cotton silk blend, and I have to do cotton for warp, and I have to do a cotton that's finished by boiling. So here's my plan. I carded up punies out of, um, what was it? Akala. From, for the ginned cotton, I carded up Akala cotton punies, uh, 20 of them. So that should be enough for a 10-yard skein. 
I also carded up a uh, Tussa Silk Noil and Pima, Jind Pima Cotton blend. Um, 14 punies of that. That should be enough for, an, again, a 10-yard skein of that. So I'm going to spin those tomorrow morning, hopefully before it gets too hot. And then also do the, uh, the 12 TPI uh, skein again. Once I have those three done, I'm not going to... I'm I'm going to wet finish, at the very least, the, the silk and cotton blend. I'm just going to wet finish. And I may wet finish all three and not boil them this time. Boiling is really for if you're going to dye, you need to take out all the waxes and chemicals and make sure that the cotton is clean. As well, the boiling really richens up the color, the natural colors of the cotton. So I'm going to just wet finish them. I may boil the ginned and the the uh, the 12 TPI skein, assuming it balances um, later on. But for now, I'm just going to wet finish them and make sure that they balance. And then uh, that should take me most of the morning. After that, I'm going to take a look at, you know, some of the other blending that I might need to do and spend the afternoon blending, making more punies or rolags or whatever it is that I need to do. It's a long weekend up here, so I also have Monday to spin and I will be working on that. With uh, with the house being 38 days away, it really brings into focus that, you know, after we get into the house, I don't have a ton of time left to finish up my homework. And I really, really want to. So I'm going to work as hard as I can here the next little while uh, with the heat as well, but but as, as much as I can to, to get this stuff done. And I'm really feeling a lot better about the cotton. So if so if the 12 TPI skein works out this time, I think I might just sit down and spin a whole whack of it, possibly in a couple of different colors, and uh, and maybe start planning out my weaving project. I'd still like to do the natural dyeing, so I may spin the weft as wool instead of silk, and then natural dye that. And see how it all works out so but that's where I'm at with level three and assuming I don't melt in the next little while I'll have quite a bit more to report next week fiber notes I really hate that my hands give me trouble when when it gets too hot. Um, my my fingers do tend to swell, and that makes them stiff, and uh, and it also makes knitting a little harder. And especially because you know I, I do a lot of knitting at work. Well, a lot. I knit on my breaks, so I get maybe a half hour in a day, assuming I remember to take my breaks. But um, but because the air conditioning is having trouble keeping up right now. Um, my fingers do tend to get stiff earlier. So that's a little frustrating. And of course, I was working very hard on, on the swatch for, you know, several days there. And so I really didn't manage to get a lot of knitting done. That said, I did finish the first of that the stage four socks. Of course, stage four is long over. In fact, Tour de Sock is now over. But uh, but I'm still working on these socks. They're it's really really pretty, uh, with the beads on the back. The heel now the heel was really interesting. I, I was like I I don't I think I said last time I wasn't sure about it, 
but I really like the heel. I like the way that it feels and, and I like the way that it looks with the decreases on the bottom of the foot. Um, so really, really a lovely sock. I finished the first one. It fits and it's, it's very, very nice. So, um, this past week, when did I finish it? I think Tuesday. I, uh, I cast on the other one on Thursday. Now, of course the cast on takes forever because it's a Pico cast on, cast on four, bind off two, repeat for 68 stitches. So it took a while. Uh, this time around, I didn't drop a stitch in my first couple of rows. So I went to knitting today at the Enjoy Center and managed to get the whole cuff done. So that's that's really good. But really, that is all I have to report on the knitting front. I've been uh, I've been working on the homework and and doing what I can um, when my hands let me. So um, I've also been working on the tapestry, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So yeah, I'm just going to keep working on this sock, and uh, and once this pair is done, then I'll take a look at what I've got in my uh, in my backpacks here and and see what the next thing to work on is. I I don't as much as I'd love to cast something on, I don't think I will. I think I'll just try and finish up a few things that are on the go and go from there. So that's all for fiber notes. Not much to say. And I highly doubt I'm going to get this sock finished in one week, but I might be a little bit further down the leg. Fiberside Chat The reason I ended up with a touch of heat exhaustion last weekend was because we did a big yarn bomb at the Charles Campsell Hospital in uh, in Inglewood in Edmonton. Now the Charles Campsell Hospital's been um, closed and abandoned for the last 20 years. And I remember when I used to work at the Percy Page Center, which is just north of there, and I would walk around the neighborhood sometimes on my lunch hour just to get some exercise, and I'd walk past this. And I'm not from Edmonton, so I didn't know what it was. I knew it looked like a hospital, but I wasn't sure what all it was. Well, what it is, is it's an old abandoned hospital and it's been, um, they've been having some issues getting it demolished because obviously asbestos and other things, but it's been a big eyesore for the community. And, and what happened was that the Edmonton police service has, uh, some, some, some of their staff members are called neighborhood empowerment teams. And it wasn't Nidminton that decided to yarn bomb the hospital. It was actually the Edmonton police service that came to us and said, Hey, do you want to do a yarn bomb at this location? So I wanted to talk, once we got it all done, I wanted to talk to um, um, a member of the, the neighborhood empowerment team and just, you know, see what they were thinking when they, when they asked us to do this and whether or not it met their expectations. So here is a quick fiber side chat with Maureen Young of the Neighborhood Empowerment Team. Well, I'm here with Maureen Young from the Inglewood Neighborhood Empowerment Team with the Edmonton Police Service. Yes. And uh, we have just finished yarn bombing the fence at the Charles Camsell Hospital. So 
tell me a bit about uh, the Kamsel and why why we came out today to Yarnbaum the fence. Well, it's an old hospital. It's abandoned. It's under redevelopment. Uh, it's been sitting empty for about 20 years now, and it's just an ugly eyesore for the community. Lots of people are afraid of it. Kids are afraid of it. Uh, and people are just tired of looking at an ugly building in their community. Mm-hmm. So you came up with the idea um, through the, well, the Neighborhood Empowerment Team came up with the idea to yarn bomb this chain link fence that surrounds the whole hospital to keep, obviously, people from going into the construction zone or the demolition zone. Yes. So why yarn bombing? Uh, we just wanted to add a bit of color to the fence. It's mm-hmm. an ugly area. It's just a gray hospital. It's coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wanted to do something to bring some community, some vibrance, or community, bring some mm-hmm. color to the community, make it vibrant, mm-hmm. um, and just show that people care about their, their community and what's happening in it. And, of course, the, the nice thing about yarn bombing is that it is non-permanent. It's easy to take off. That's right, and either people will take it off as they see fit or it'll come down on its own and Mm -hmm. it's not permanent, so it's not something that the community needs to be Mm -hmm. worried about, that it's going to stay there forever. It will come down at some point, but it's Mm -hmm. just to give something back to the community that have been stuck looking at this building for, Mm -hmm. again, about 20 years. Yeah. Well, we have well over a thousand granny square hearts that went up on the fence today. And uh, we had we had uh, some food trucks here. It turned out to be a whole community event. What was the feedback that you got from the residents that saw it by? Uh, it was really good feedback. They were happy to see that something was happening. They were curious about what it was, and they came out and saw mm-hmm. the food trucks and then the activities we had for kids and our chalkboards that we made um, about why they love their community. And then we had them put a heart on the fence, again, again, just for them to give back to their community and be a part of this redevelopment and see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Well, I am. I know I am going to drive by and see how it looks from my car. Absolutely. Later on. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been a really really. What time is it now anyway? It is four thirty. Okay, so we've been going since about twelve thirty. So that's four good hours worth it's of It's been work. a long day, but it's been well worth it. It's been really good. Well, thanks for just taking some time at the end of it to talk to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. By the wayside. So when it gets hot and my fingers get too stiff, obviously I can't knit, but working with the tapestry doesn't take nearly as much dexterity as knitting does. So there were a couple of nights uh, the last little while where not just Saturday nights where I sat down and I worked on the tapestry. And you know what happened? You know what happens when you work on the tapestry? Things get done. Things like the outlining, which I finished over a week ago. I know, score, cheer, let's all cheer and celebrate and everything. Oh, it felt so good, so good to, and I just kept working on it because I was so close and and then it was finished. And I went, I don't think this is going to take very long after this. Probably not. So yeah, so last Saturday night, I worked, uh, I was just doing filling in and I finished off one of the chickens up top and a couple of little fleur de things and, and I didn't work too much on it because I, I was busy that day and I didn't actually sit down until about eight o'clock, but you know, you, you get stuff done pretty quickly with the filling in. So, so after this episode is recorded and up online, which 
won't be too long now. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work again. And I think tonight I will be able to finish the top border. Like, done. Finished. Top border finished. I know! Anyway. Yes, top border. And then I believe I'll move on to the man on the tree. Just just work my way around clockwise. Or maybe clockwise down and then across. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But, uh, but yeah, you know, ah, it feels really good. And it looks really good. And I still don't think I'm going to be finished before we're moved into the new house. But depending on how quickly it goes, I mean, I can't say now, but talk to me in two episodes and we'll have to see. So that is by the wayside. Check out the blog for uh, for the picture. I'm I'm just really pleased. Can you tell? I'm just, yeah, I'm happy. So that's by the wayside. Thank you for joining me for episode 41. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 42 on August 9th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside. <laughs>